your host, Ray Boyland. Monday, June the 10th, uh, it is 106 degrees here in the beautiful Coachella Valley, and uh, well, it is the all-star break for baseball, and I've never, even as a kid, was interested in the all-star break or the all-star game. It just made no sense to me. It's just an exhibition. It doesn't count, uh, sort of like the Democratic Party is today. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, it is 6 p.m. here in the beautiful Coachella Valley, and you know what time it is where you are. have a special guest for you uh, this week. Gentleman is from New York City originally, from a little town in Queens that is also my hometown of College Point, Queens. Uh, very unique area. We'll get into a little bit of that later. Uh, full disclosure, this gentleman is also a uh, cousin of mine. His his mom and my mom were sisters. Uh, he moved about the country because he always had big jobs, big important jobs, uh, and uh, kind of lost track of where he was. And come to find out a while ago uh, that he and I were living about four blocks away from each other in uh, beautiful Manhattan Beach, California, in Los Angeles County, and which is where he still lives to this day. Uh, I love beautiful. Manhattan Beach for 106 degrees in the desert. What was I thinking? Anyway, his name is, uh, he's got two names, actually. His first name that we all knew him as was Antonio Dierico. And uh, marketing being what it is, he is now uh, Tony DiRico. <laughs> so, Tony, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Ray. I'm great. It's great to be here. I'm uh, happy to join you on your show. Okay, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're here to tell you the truth. Uh, so you are currently in Manhattan Beach right now as we speak? I am uh, sitting at my desk, uh, yes, at my home in Manhattan Beach. And I have to tell you, it's uh, it has been hot here the last couple of days, but hot at the beach means it might start to get close to 80. I think we did have 82 degrees over the weekend. But uh, not nothing, nothing like your uh, exciting temperatures in the Coachella Valley. No, we don't, we don't, we don't have the marine layer. Thank you very much. Uh, although yeah. I wish we did. There were times that I really yeah. missed the yeah. marine layer. Uh, yeah, you they, they, grew up, as I said, in a funny little town called College Point, New York, and uh, it was noted for the fact that it had bars on every corner and bars in the middle of every block, also. I think when we were growing up, there were about 33 or 34 taverns in town. And now I think they're down to four. And two of those are the American Legion Post and the VFW. So, uh, well, that's, that's a shame. <laughs> well, you know, it was funny because I was back there for a car show a while ago. And uh, I used to hang out in the Rendezvous, which was a great bar there. And uh, it's now a uh, an oil burner repair shop. My father's bar is now a woodworking shop, and I just found out today, I used to attend bar in a place called the Friendly Tavern, and the Friendly Tavern was interesting in that it was an Italian restaurant. We had a German owner, 
three Irish bartenders and a Puerto Rican cook. We didn't have one Italian in the place, but we were an Italian restaurant. And we did well, too. Uh, but I found out today on Facebook, they posted a picture. It is now a convenience store. Well, that's that's uh, that's interesting news, Ray. It's also a shame. I, I'm uh, pretty certain, not pretty certain, I'm 100% certain, I had uh, frequented uh, every one of those places you mentioned. Um, I actually oh, yeah. uh, probably... You know, you know, my brother Michael still lives in College Point, and uh, his second home, maybe his first home, was the Rendezvous. Um, that That's was right. always his stop. That was always his stop on the way from work, and I guess there might have been nights where he actually didn't go home. But so I don't know what he's doing if the Rendezvous's not there anymore. <laughs> well, he he actually he actually is a regular at the VFW. Well, there you go. Hey, I, I, if, if, if the VFW is only one of four bars, I think, and you probably know this better, Ray, didn't back in the day, back in the 60s, was it, didn't uh, College Point have uh, the unique record of more, it was either more bars and taverns per square mile or more bars and taverns per population? But yeah, we're actually in the, the Guinness Book of World Records for that. Yep, yep, yep. And um, so you, you couldn't you, you didn't have to walk as much drink. Exactly. You never ran, ran out of options. Yeah. It's so funny because there's a young lady at Tennis Bar in the VFW. Her name is Monica. And Monica, when we first like, first got married, she was our upstairs neighbor, and, our downstairs neighbor. And and uh, she sent me a message on Facebook. She said, I never knew Mike DeRico was your cousin. It's a fun little town and uh you never really you never really lose the connection that you have with those people. I I, I read on Facebook that uh, Johnny Burns, who's a uh, retired cop now, uh grew up in the town and uh, Johnny apparently has a, a reunion every year at his house out in Ron Conkelbar on the island. And uh, I don't know, 40, 50 people show up, you know. That's yeah, that, that's, yeah. A pretty, that's a pretty pretty nice thing, actually, you know. Well, it, you know, I, I, you you mentioned something, Ray, and it is you know different than you know when we grew up. Uh, you know, if you had to meet people, uh, your friends, you know, what you did is you picked time and you said, "Hey, we'll meet you in Flushing," you know, and you met under uh, you know you, you you met under the clock. Uh, right. Uh, on, uh, on Main Street Flushing at you know 2:45, but because right. today you got uh, every other uh, convenience, and one of the conveniences that's kind of great is, is Facebook. You know, I'm, as I'm sure you are, I know you are connected to a lot of old friends and folks that uh, you know lived in the, in the Point of back in the 60s. I you know, I stayed sure. connected to uh, you know a guy I played in a rock and roll band for many many years. Uh, back in the '60s, uh, Tony Denica and his his uh, his brother uh, Sandy, you know, to Sandy, stay, yeah. stay, connected, stay connected to those guys on on Facebook. It's a it's a, it's a great tool. I, I I actually went to school with Sandy, and uh, I knew his brother Lenny. Lenny was a uh, was a uh, Golden Gloves boxer. He's a really fine athlete. They fact, they're all good athletes. So Lenny uh, Sandy was playing softball uh, well into his 40s. And yeah, they made so great. Johnny Wick and all those guys are just great athletes, you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're four, four brothers. Nice in touch. You know, yeah, right, family's a good family. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, four, four brothers. Um, I was closest to Tony because we, as I said, we played in the band. He was a guitar player. I played keyboards, mm-hmm. and we uh, we played. And I'll tell you some funny stories about some of the clubs we played in in Queens. And uh, right. and you know, and then Sandy was, you know, Sandy Sandy was kind of what I'll call the even keeled old brother, you know. And I love Sandy was good, really good guy. And you know, Jimmy Jimmy was the youngest brother, younger than Tony, and you know, he he uh, he was he was he was a good kid, but you know, he ran around and got got uh, had some fun. And then and then you know, everybody knew Sandy. Sandy was the kind of guy who is you wanted to be his friend because you did not want to be his enemy. Uh, no, no. And, uh, Lenny, Lenny, I'm sorry, I'm talking about Lenny. And so, so there was one. So we used to play in a club, right? Right. We played in this club called the Tip Top Club on Northern Boulevard, out out towards mm-hmm. Bayside, and it was it, it was it was a rough club. And we were the house band. We played four nights a week there till you know two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. And some nights when the owner wanted to dance with his girlfriend, he he kept us there till he was done dancing, and that was some late <laughs> nights. But, but but there was a lot of you know rough crowd motorcycle gangs that showed up and uh, you know we we were we were I was I was eighteen and nineteen at the time and and uh, you know these rough guys would come in and say holy crap we're you know but but Lenny was there and Lenny made sure nobody went in nobody touched the band we were safe no, no, you know, you know, on Lenny's bad side for Don sure. And and Sandy was as tough, but Sandy was a little more low key than Lenny was, like you said. You know? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know. And you also that was, that did, did we have a cousin that played with you in a band too? Didn't Jackie play in a band with you? We have we have another cousin, Jackie Hubert, and uh, he not not all the times I played in bands, but actually that band that played at the Tip Top Club, Jackie was and Tony. They, they, Jackie was one of the lead singers. And uh, right. played played with him in a band for a cu- couple of couple of years. Um, one night, Ray, we played. Do you remember the TV show, The Hullabaloo? I remember. Yeah, I remember they, they, they turned into a car shop. Yeah, they they opened up a, a club um, in College Point on 14th Avenue, and right. we got to play there a couple of times. And I still remember one night we finished playing. And we come out, we're unloading our equipment out of the club, and some guy, and this is College Point, which shows up, and he comes up to Tony Danica and myself, one of the band members, and he puts a sawed-off shotgun in our faces. Oh, good Lord. And I'm, and I'm, I'm only thinking, where's Lenny? I need Lenny right now. Right. Well, welcome to show business. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's so funny that, you know, uh, your, your brother Mike, uh, there was a lady that used to play the organ in the church, and she mm-hmm. was at every funeral. Her name was Rose Campbell. And I remember the Mike, name. I remember that lady. Right. Mike summed her up as saying that when you died in College Point, Rose sang you out of town. Okay? And it was yep. sort of the same thing with the bands back then. You, Joey Anderson, uh, Jackie. The, it was like if you got married in College Point, Somebody from that group of people was going to sing you into your into your nuptials, you know. Yep. And at all at my wedding, we had Joey Anderson. I tell you a quick, quick funny story about this. Uh, as you know, because you played on the team, Joey played softball for uh, my father's bar, and yep. uh, I was umpiring during a week and playing on the weekends. And one week we had an umpire called in sick. 
So I umpired the game. And uh, I actually went to both teams and asked for, I think it was $20, so it was $10 each team. And I asked Joey's wife, Carol, I said, I need $10 for you guys. And she, you're going to take money for your own team? And being a wise guy, I said, I said well, listen, I said, if, if Joey played my wedding, I wouldn't expect to do it for free, you know? And uh, with that, Joey played my wedding. And Amy looked at the bill for the band, and she goes, oh, my God, that's so reasonable. I said, if I would have kept my mouth shut five years ago, we would have had him for nothing. <laughs> just, 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 wasn't, yeah. just, just wasn't thinking at the time. Yeah, there you just go. Wasn't there you go. So, so right now, in, in Manhattan Beach, right now, in Manhattan Beach and El Segundo, you're running, uh, you own a store called Bella Beach. Now, yep. what exactly is Bella Beach? Okay. Other than being so, uh, really high-rated boutique online. So we opened, we opened uh, two of those stores, Ray. We opened about eight and a half years ago. Those are the two stores that are in downtown Manhattan Beach, just about a block and a half up from, uh, from the Manhattan Beach Pier, a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Um, one's a women's uh, boutique called Bella Beach, and then the other's a kids' store, kids, infants, children, kids, uh, and that's called Bella Beach Kids. And the reason that they're named that is that my wife um, and I got married uh, 15 years ago uh, in uh, in Lake Como, a little town of Bellagio in Italy. And right. uh, that's a funny story. Why it's Italy is my wife actually picked the place, and she's not Italian. But she grew up here in Manhattan Beach. She's lived in this town for over 40 years. And she said, I really don't want to have a 300-person wedding. So if we get married locally, i got to invite over 300 people, and I don't want that <laughs> wedding. So let's, let's, go, let's have a destination wedding, and we'll have 50 or 60 people show up, and it'll be a great time, which it was. But that's how the connection gets to the name. She's always been a retail. I, I knew nothing eight and a half years ago about retail. Um, right. But she said, let's open the stores. And, uh, you know, she named Bella Beach, uh, Bella for uh, you know, beautiful, for uh, uh, Italian, and the beach for Manhattan Beach. And then mm-hmm. we uh, just about two years ago opened up a second kid's store um, in the neighboring town of, uh, of uh, a place you know very well, Ray. Uh, I think uh, I think you used to have a pseudonym, uh, Al Segundo. Um, I used to write for the website at Mattel. When I worked at Mattel, and my name was Al Segundo because my beautiful bride was the vice president of of Hot Wheels, and if we both had the name Boylan on the website, it made it look like a rinky-dink operation. There are still people in the Hot Wheels hobby who call me Al, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Why not? I just took over my whole persona. What can I tell you? Well, that's now you're, you're, on that, you're on that cor- you're on that corner. Uh, uh, PCH and uh, uh, why can I not remember that name? What was the name of that cross street? Rosecrans. Rosecrans. I like I like not remember that name. I have no idea. But everybody, yeah, everybody so Rosecrans. Yeah. So it's PCH. Although there's a big fight in the South Bay here, Ray, right now, because in Manhattan Beach, um, that it's called um, uh, Sepulveda Boulevard. And and it's called Sepulveda Boulevard in El Segundo, but uh, in other parts uh, towards uh, towards uh, Redondo Beach and and, and the Pacific uh, uh, Palisades, it's called 
um, uh, PCH, Highway 1. Right, so Highway, yeah. Some people want to make it, you know, highway everywhere, and the people, you know, the old-timers here really do not want to change it from uh, Sepulveda. So we'll see We'll see where that goes. But, yeah, it's right on that corner, Ray, and that's literally about a half a mile from the from – the, from the Mattel uh, Worldwide Headquarters. Well, when I was when I was at Mattel, that was a big empty lot. That was mm-hmm. all that was there. And the last time I saw it, my goodness, that place uh, built up. That old big shopping center and shopping area there is beautiful. It's just great. Yeah, sure. There's actually two on that corner. Well, right on the corner is the one we're in, which is called The Point. And then right next to it, you wouldn't know they weren't one, is a thing called Plaza El Segundo. And there's a Whole Foods in there and you know, a lot of great shopping, et cetera. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all built up. And there's plans to go further uh, east on Rosecrans, but on that on that, uh, on that that uh, north side of the street and uh, and, and, and build some more uh, development, more shopping and uh, okay. centers and maybe another hotel. I remember, I remember Rosecrans for going to lunch at uh, Cozy Mel's. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Cozy Mel's in Houston for the two great places on Rosecrans. And everybody that yep. came in from out of town would call it Rosencrans. Rosencrans, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like Gildenstern and Rosencrans at that. Nobody ever remembered the name. Yeah, those are two, two, two streets that your GPS and your car had a hard time pronouncing. One one was Rosencrans, but it had a bigger, hard, much harder time with Sepulveda Boulevard. Sepulveda. Always called it yeah. Sepulveda. Sepulveda Boulevard. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Now, what is your online presence? What's your website called? So we uh, we uh, have a website. Uh, the, the one that is the most prominent where we see the most traffic is the kids one, and that's called, it's just called simply Bella Beach Kids, www.bellabeachkids. And uh, okay. we're, we're, we're doing pretty well on that uh, on that website. But, uh, you know, bricks and mortar stores, we, you know, as you know, Ray, living here in the South Bay in Manhattan Beach, there's a lot of uh, a lot of celebrities um, yeah. and a lot a lot of sports uh, figures, sports celebrities. Um, I I uh, I can see the sales that happen in the stores on my computer, and I did notice that uh, one uh, one uh, coach of one uh, um, let's just say Los Angeles uh, basketball team was in today with his wife and shopped at the store. And uh, we certainly have a, a lot of uh, L.A. Kings that, uh, that shop with us. It's, uh, you know, the nice thing is here with all of that celebrity, um, I think one of the things they like about this town, and here I am talking about them, which is a horrible thing, um, uh, is people, people treat them um, as their neighbors, as, you know, the guy yeah. next door, the guy next door. And mm-hmm. uh, they come in. Well, we 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 have such great customers, and you know they're good friends. You know, I walk in the store and they see me. Hi, hey, Tony, and hey, I can say hi, so and so. And um, I think it's that we, you know, we are we are just you know regular people, and they're regular people, and I think they like that. I think they like. I that. Yeah, I'll tell you one one story. I tell you one hockey right. story, Ricky. You and I, you and I love hockey. I, I know you do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do too. There's uh, there, there's a great player on the L.A. Kings. Um, and he's one of the superstars um, forward, and uh, mm-hmm. he and his wife stop uh, in, in our store. And I'll tell you how lovely his wife is. You know, we have we have some great uh, folks working for us. We have a, one gal who's a single mom. You know, she works hard. She struggles. 
but she's a great, great customer service with the customers, great customer service. Okay. And every time this thing wife comes into the store, you know, she knows the family. She knows how old the kids are. She knows now what they like, and she always helps them. And she built a rapport, and this king's wife learned where my employee uh, liked to shop. And one day, mm-hmm. uh, a couple months back, she came in the store and did some shopping and, uh, and gave my employee $75 gift certificate to wow. the favorite store she liked to shop in. Mm-hmm. I mean that's amazing, you know. I, you know, that that was so nice. That it, it, it was Andre Kopitar's wife, and it's Kopitar. God mm-hmm. bless her for doing that. You know, yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. You know, I mean, and you know, great for my employee because obviously she did a good job and does a good job. Um, but when, it, when you know, when a customer uh, comes in the store and shows that kind of an appreciation because she gets good service. You know, that's kudos all around. That's amazing stuff. I went to I went to Good Stuff one time at the foods the uh, restaurant. Yep. And I turned the corner and there's a guy guy having lunch there by himself. And I'm going, I know him. Now you got to understand something. I I freeze up around celebrity. Okay. Uh, I was in Miami one time in actually in Fort Lauderdale, and I'm about to go in and get bagels. And a guy goes walking by, and I look at him, and I go, that guy's from College Point, right? And he, I looked at him, and I said, he's younger than I am, so he's got to be somebody's brother. Who is that guy, right? And it took me a good, oh, I'm talking 20 minutes to realize it was Dan Marino. Okay, <laughs> so I didn't know him at all. I seen him on TV, you know? And that's what happened at Good Stuff. And it was the, uh, the tight end from the then. I guess he was with Atlanta, uh, Tony Gonzalez, who lives year-round in Manhattan Beach, you know? But like you said, nobody bothers these guys. He's sitting there having lunch by himself, you know? If that was yep. Midtown Manhattan, there'd be selfies being taken all over the damn building, you know? Yep. But it's, it's yep. nice that he's just part of the neighborhood, and that's, that's a good thing. Now, speaking of Manhattan Beach, you were elected to the city council of Manhattan Beach. Uh, we started we, a four we years. We're still trying to figure out how that happened, Ray. No, 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 no. You, 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 listen, <laughs> you, 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 got, you got a good way about you. And, you know, I, we've noticed in places that we've, we've lived, and we've lived in a lot of places, that if you're a New Yorker, sometimes people just get dazzled by the, the speed of, with which you work. The old saying is that in the Army, if you want to meet another New Yorker, you hang out outside the mess hall, and the first five guys out will be from New York, you know? There you so go. You're, yep. you're working at a different rate of speed. You're working at a different level. And so you got – you were you for four years on the city council? Four, four, four years. You get elected to a four-year term. And uh, right. I was elected in 2013, and my mm-hmm. term ended uh, just this past uh, uh, April. And, um, yeah, it, it was an interesting – route to get on city council, Ray, because I think you know me well enough that, you know, I have never, ever, ever in my life had an aspiration to be in politics. Right. And, you know, I would, I would tell you, I, I pretty much hate politics and hate politicians. So, yeah, 
so what 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 happened? I'll give you a quick a quick story. Was that you know after Chris and I opened the two stores, Chris, my wife, after we opened mm-hmm. the two stores downtown, I got involved in uh, uh, an organization called the Downtown Business Association, which is a representation of all the businesses in downtown Manhattan Beach. And I got elected to their board, and I became their treasurer. And you know, at all, and always at the board meetings, we always had city council. Uh, representation that would come to our board meeting and you know, fill us in what was going with the city. We'd give them our gripes and concerns, et cetera. Right. And uh, one, of, one of the former mayors, actually a, a, a lady named uh, Portia Cohen, Portia pulled me aside one day a couple of months after I was on the board, and she said, you need to be on city council. And mm-hmm. and I said, I said, no, I don't. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I played along, and I said, why? And she said, I've never in my life, you think out of the box, you know, right. she said, Prop, and, and uh, you come with this idea completely out of the box. And it's, it's, you know, she said to me, I'm, I'm you know, paraphrasing, which is, it's always a brilliant idea. So I thanked her, but you know, you know, Ray, I, you know, I, I used to run into today's dollars, a $300 million worldwide company. Okay. You don't survive without thinking out of the box. And as you said, you don't mm-hmm. survive without being the first guy out of the mess hall, you know. Right. Um, and, and, and and so that's just, you know, who I am and the way I think. And, you know, I got to thinking about it, and I said, you know, look, I, Chris has lived in town for 40 years. I've lived here at the time. I've lived here now 20, but I've lived in Manhattan 16 years. I love this place. And if I can right. get back, I have the time. I was kind of retired from my, 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 my uh, you know, high-tech career and uh, mm-hmm. basically worked working for my wife in retail, trying to keep the stores going. And I said, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. You know, and I'll, I'll do it for one reason. I'm going to do it because I love this town. I'm going to help represent what I think the community wants, what the city wants, what, you know, what, 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 what the constituents uh, here want. And if I can, and people, people were worried. Some people, when I got elected, Ray, I'll tell you one quick funny story. People in the, some people in the community, especially the older uh, population, which I've, which I'm part of, by the way, were concerned mm-hmm. I was going to be so pro-business that I was going to make decisions on city council that were not in the best interest of the residents, okay? Right. And when they got to learn who I was, they knew I would never do that. Well, that, and, yeah, but every, everything I've seen about you is, is you promoting something in the community, be it the opening of the Little League Baseball or high schools or whatever, you know, yeah. so that, that's really where your mindset is in. Tony, you got to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. You got it. Do you inspire to be a show host, co-host, creative producer, camera operator, ground coverage reporter, or a writer in the internet TV or radio business? Irresponsible Productions and Consultants, LLC, is seeking individuals to start in the news and entertainment sports community-based internet TV and radio shows. Looking for all ages and skill levels. This is your opportunity to join in a community-shared vision. Build something from the grassroots, start something great and rewarding. Show ideas include local food reviews and spotlights, local business spotlights and interviews, local government information and community awareness, local sports spotlights on the different sports activities, athletes, and interviews, local health and wellness spotlights on the different groups and activities in the area, local leadership spotlights and interviews, local artist spotlights and interviews, If you have an interest in any of these shows or have a show idea of your own and just need help producing it, contact 
info at irresponsibleproductions.net. That's I-N-F-O at E-A-R, responsibleproductions.net. Positive Impact Hero Show is part of the Positive Impact Radio Network, which is brought to you by... From Malibu to Timbuktu, from politics to potato chips, message from uh, a young lady who is a friend of mine, and she is uh, in the, I don't know, have you ever heard of Tura Satana, Tony? No, what's it called, Ray? Tura Satana. She was a big movie star back in the day, uh, very much a cult figure. She was the original, I mean, uh, Aaron Spelling went to see one of her movies, and about two weeks later, he came up with the idea of Charlie's Angels. Okay, she was a real okay. life action figure. She was uh, she was incredible. So this young lady is uh, producing a, a movie, a documentary about her life, and people like John Waters are involved in it. I mean, she's got some good people, and uh, she comes originally from Manhattan Beach, and I wrote an article about her for uh, for one of the for uh, Tiki magazine, and I had her on the show uh, talking about the, the documentary, and. Uh, she was thrilled. She's listening in right now, and she's thrilled with the fact that you're also mentioning Manhattan Beach. <laughs> well, there you go. Fantastic. She lives right on the beach, and, and uh, we walk out the door right onto the sand, you know? Those Very were the nice. days, pal. So I, I yep. do have to mention one thing, though. One of my favorite things is, you know we love you, Tony, but one of my favorite things is your official government picture from Manhattan Beach, the picture that you always see of the person, like Tony DeRico, city council president, a member, right? Yep. You are standing in front of the escape route map from Manhattan Beach. And I wouldn't have noticed it except that you pointed it out. Yeah. I know. Yeah. There's there's the real official picture is I am sitting at a desk with the American flag and the city of Manhattan Beach flag. But that one has shown okay. up. I, I, I remember when you reminded me or, or brought to my attention um, that, uh, that that's, uh, there I am in front of the escape route. So uh, I don't know whether I... Oh, the elephant grower. 
Yeah, the other thing that I found that I thought was funny was I don't remember the gentleman's name. He's, uh, I think he's in the state senate up in up in Sacramento, and you and he and Nomar Garcia Para were on a field with a bunch of kids for the opening day of Little League, and uh, I still hold a grudge against Nomar because when the Cubs finally got him, he went on the injury reserve list like right away. And we had half uh-huh. the team playing in position to make up for that. And I said something like, first day of Little League, did Nomar go on the IR? And you, it went right past you. You didn't reply. But, boy, that guy from Sacramento was really mad. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Imagine so he, trying to help the Little League. Like, like, I'm, like I'm taking on Nomar, you know. They try to help the Little League. Was, oh, jeez. So I had to apologize to you guys. That's why I shouldn't be on the Facebook police, you know. There you go. No, I, re- I I I remember that Ray, and uh, you know, um, we 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 not just you and I, but I think a lot of us uh, old group from uh, College Point. We 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 understand each other, you know, and oh, yeah. I understand, um, you know, when uh, look when you write uh, something like that on Facebook. Um, I'm going to come back to some other things you have written in a second to remind me. But I, I, I know I know where you're coming from. But um, but you know he didn't understand. I I did let him know. So his name is David Hadley. He's a great great man. Um, right. he actually, uh, as a complete side note, um, this past week he announced he is running for governor of California. Perfect. Somebody's so, got so to. You should, you should hope because right now you gotta hope he wins. Because you'll have a claim to fame that you pissed the governor of California by 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 by, by blowing up no more gar. <laughs> well, well, let me let me tell you something. Turnabout is fair play because the current governor of California has pissed me off enough. <laughs> as they as they call him on KFI, the bo- the brown bottle. Oh God! Yeah. Bullet trains and uh, uh, Lord knows what. Now, now he's signing treaties with uh, sovereign nations. <laughs> Just, oh, yeah. sit down. Well, I'm gonna come back, Ray, because because one 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 of the things I think you know I, I I think somewhere along the line I once called you the funny cousin. Um, right. And uh, you you used to write back back in the day, you know, when we were. Oh, you're, I know you're a lot older than I am. You got to be at least like three years older than me, too, maybe. Back in the back in the day when we were around twenty or so, um, you used to write these little vignettes, and uh, you know we'd have these family gatherings. You already mentioned, you know, your 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 mom and my mom and 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 Jackie who played my band, his mom, uh, uh, Kay and uh, Kay Eleanor and Margaret. You know, the right. uh, the, the Mulligan sisters. You know, when they, when they got together for a Saturday or a Sunday, you know, a little, little game of cards, and you'd always bring in, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd write these little articles. And I remember one you wrote about um, about the the Dorico family, you know, and the uh-huh. Italian side of the family. And uh, you know, I had a cousin, I had a cousin who was a dentist, uh, and his name was Louis. Really? So of course. Remember the one you, Louis the dentist, and uh, somebody three fingers this and that, and I mean it was one of the funniest things <laughs> I ever ever put ever ever put to paper. I I still I wish I had a copy of it today, Ray, because it was so so funny. That, well, that, that I, I, was, I was talking to your brother John the other day, and uh, 
John is the middle brother in the DeRico family. And all, every one of them overachievers, every, every one of them. And uh, John, John was in uh, engineer, aeronautical engineering. And we were talking the other day on the phone, John and I, and uh, your dad came up, Tony yeah. Sr. And I said, he never fit in. And John stopped for a minute and said, what do you mean by that? I said, what I mean by that is, Look at the family around him. <laughs> you know, look, at, look at that Mulligan side of the family. And there's Uncle yeah. Tony, who is one of the calmest, nicest men you've ever met in your entire life. And very, very kid-oriented. I, I can remember him one time. There was a, some kind of barbecue or something going on in the backyard. And a lot of the kids were just kind of like hanging out. And the, the adults were all having a great time. And all of a sudden, uh, Uncle Tony disappeared and came back into the backyard. And lo and behold, he had actually made a two-hole putting green in the lawn on the side of the yard to give us something to do. You know, I mean, that, yeah. was, that was just amazing. I mean, he had these plastic cups. He dug these holes and put the plastic cups in. And that kept us busy for like hours and hours, you know. That's what I meant when I said that to, to, to your brother John. I said, "Nah, listen, he was swimming, swimming with the sharks, pal." <laughs> well, Just, well, that, uh, I, 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 I hear you, Ray, because I think you know partly part of the remember the College Point family. Okay, from I look at myself, you know, I, it was my, you know my mother's side the Mulligans, okay, and then my father's side the the Doricos. Now the Doricos. None of that family was in College Point. The closest was, you know, my dad's oldest sister, uh, who was kind of the matriarch in the family. She she lived in the, in the, in Jackson Heights. You know, she was she was on Astoria Boulevard. But what was what was her name, Tony? And Antoinette. 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 That's right. 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 Yeah. And and uh, and but 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 the family that was close that we saw all the time was the Mulligans. It was you know oh, it, was, sure. it, it was it was it was Aunt Eleanor. You know. And uh, right. and uh, I'll tell you a funny story if I can, if we get to it about how uh, how Eddie McClay helped my band because he, Eddie McClay was was uh, was the best um, uh, television repairman, radio repairman, um, probably could have been an you know electronic engineer um, in right. in town. And we bought all this equipment to put up this this PA system for the band. And it was all piecemeal. We had to put all this stuff together and put build build these speakers and all this stuff. And who shows up one day? My my mom says Eddie Eddie McClay will come over. He come over to the basement. He he got the whole thing. He wired the whole thing for us, Ray. Yeah. Amazing amazing guy, you know. But 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 the the Mulligan family they had Aunt Kay and uh, and, uh, and and then you had Uncle Jimmy. God bless him, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, and and Uncle Walter upstairs, and Grandma, you know, uh, Maggie Mulligan, you know, living upstairs for me. So my dad was kind of sucked into the Irish side of the family. Oh, yeah. So I get Absolutely. the outcast. I'll tell you one another funny funny story. My dad got so mad. I remember I was a young kid. My dad got so mad at your mother. Okay, yeah. one day, because I think I was about six years old. And she taught me two nursery rhymes. Oh no, don't, 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 don't go there. I, remember this one. I don't think I can tell them on the radio. No, you can't. It, it, it involves railroad tracks, though, right? 
one was one 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 was birds on a pole, <laughs> and yes, the other yes. the other uh, yeah, and and uh, yes. and I, I went around with those nursery rhymes, and uh, my dad found out your mother taught them. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you were you were a, you were a second generation uh, uh, person. She got a hands on because uh, she and my dad used to take Michael everywhere uh, when yeah. he was your yep. age back then. You know, so yep. uh, yeah, and she yeah, she was, and then she would always do stuff like that, and then she would go, "Oh, isn't that awful?" Well, if it was awful, yep. why did you do it? You know. <laughs> Yeah, they were they, they were they were quite the group. I can still remember it. I think it was Uncle Tom and Aunt Corrine who first yep. moved out of College Point to the island, and that was almost like uh, heresy, you know. Oh yeah. My God, oh, yeah. That, you know? And Uncle 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 Tom, I can still remember they they moved to Ronkonkoma. Yep. And. Uh, we said, that, well, what is there to do out there? He said, listen, anytime you're out there, uh, you know, we're right by the lake. Come on out and drop in. <laughs> yeah. And then when, when we couldn't get uh, we couldn't get the football games in New York City, we used to drive out to Uncle Tom's house and watch them on Sundays. To watch the games. Jackie and, uh, and uh, Jimmy yep. Mulligan and I, yeah. 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 And, yeah. Then, and then, of course, uh, John now lives in... He lives in uh, Levittown. He's lived there forever. Yep. Yeah, he's still, he's still there. Thing, he's still you know, when, you, when you talk about the family, and I, I see I see Larry and John's grandkids, you know, <laughs> going yeah. to their high school prom, you know. <laughs> man, oh, man. You know, I, I, I always quote the, the, the great Mickey Mantle who said, if I knew I was going to live to be this old, I would have taken better care of myself. You well, know? there you go. <laughs> Me too, Ray. Me too. Look, my my daughter my 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 daughter turned thirty eight this year. Oh my God! Oh. Not okay. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Well, see, I don't got much choice in that matter, but uh, yeah, yeah. We can. I can remember when she came home from the hospital. Me too. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No idea where time goes. I, I listened to the calendar today. It's June tenth already. Or July tenth already. And I'm thinking, yeah, but it's like whole chunks of years we're losing here. We're not just losing months, you know. I I graduated from college 47 years ago. Yeah, yeah. that is frightening to me. Speaking speaking earlier about you know about your mom, you know, it's funny how Mm -hmm. you start reminiscing a little bit and you you remember these words of wisdom, you know, and and they're words of wisdom you don't you know you don't expect that they're going to stick with you. Now, here, I, as I said, I got a 38-year-old daughter, so you can tell how old I am. She was 30 when I was born mm-hmm. to the math. Um, right. But this is one I never forgot. You know, your mother one day, I, I think, I maybe I was graduating from college, and I might have been 21, and she says to me, she's over the house, you know, and she says, take out your keys. And so I take out my keys. So I take my keys out of my pocket and I put them down. You know, it's got the house key and the car key and I maybe one or two other keys. And I said, she says, do you know what this represents? And I said, no. She said, every one of those keys is a problem. Wow. Every one of those, every one of those keys is something you are going to worry about. Mm-hmm. And it was my house. Right, you know, the house key, car yeah. key, you know, work, whatever it was, and to this day, Ray, I remember that. 
you know. Yeah. I, and I've repeated it. You know, it's pretty, it, was, it, was, it was pretty interesting, you know. Well, you know, you know it's funny, too, because uh, they, there is a definite fatalism to a lot of the things that, that you hear like that, you know. Yeah. And it stays yeah. with you. I, I, yeah. I'll tell you one very funny story. Uh, do you remember Don Wick from College Point? Uh, very well, yeah. Yeah, Don was a basketball coach at uh, St. Pascal's in St. Albans. Really, really good. But first time I ever understood basketball, I actually sat with Don in the garden watching the game because uh, he was showing, telling me things I'd never even noticed. But uh, he was sitting there one day, and he put his keys down on the bar. And he had he had keys that looked like they could have opened up Disneyland. Okay, I mean, yeah. hundreds of keys. And he went through the whole key the whole ring of keys, telling nobody in particular what each key was. This is the soda machine in the boys' gym. This is that. You know, I went through every one of them, like 60 keys. Right. And with that, Jimmy Kruger, who was a great, great guy, rest his soul, Jimmy Kruger took out his key ring. It had two keys on it. And he started to tell you what each key was, and he didn't know. <laughs> He's just staring at the key like, I've never seen this key before. And the dog just went through a whole list of like 65 keys, you know. <laughs> but that, again, again, that's the college point sense of humor, you know. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. they, you, you, don't, you don't come across that too often. You know? and, there, and there are times that I, I, I went to the doctor. Uh, I had a, a, an exam at, that was being done. And the nurse said to me, do you know why you're here? Okay. And I gave her a flippant, wise-ass answer. Okay. That just, right. not inappropriate, but just meaningless, really, you know. And she looked at me very, very seriously and said, and why is that, Raymond? You know, because <laughs> yeah. what I did realize is there's a lot of people that don't know why they're there. Okay. Yeah. I could have wanted in manor house over here on the house arrest or something. <laughs> you know, you, you sometimes you just got to watch what you say to people, you know. And why yeah. is that? You know? Oh, my God. I was making a joke. That's why, you know. She said, <laughs> later on, she said to me, well, there is a cumulative effect. She was talking about some medication. There's a cumulative effect. And I looked at it and said, you know, I never get a chance to use words like cumulative and fathers me. And it was like she couldn't wait to get me out of that office after that. You were done. I was telling I was telling Amy the other day that uh, when I was in college, we had these uh, conferences that you had to see uh, whatever whatever your your uh, it wasn't if it wasn't your major like like just English, you would have a conference with the professor, and this professor said to me, "How do you rate yourself as a student?" And I said, I give myself a 90 because I got a nice beat and I'm easy to dance to. And that was the end of that conversation. I went full board, big clock on it. I sure did, yeah. And it, it ended the conference because the conference was all meaningless nonsense anyway, you know. And uh, it's funny because uh, in the mornings now, we have we have uh, a couple of uh, shows that are on here, radio shows in the morning that I listen to. 
But I've gotten into the habit lately of early morning, if I get up very early, I listen to uh, Don Imus out of New York on iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. And Don Imus moved to New York or came to, on to New York Radio on my birthday. It was December 2nd, like, but it's like 1972. And I loved him right away. He was amazing. And the thing I really loved about him was the second day in New York, he called in sick. Okay, so he did the first day and then he called in sick. But you, you played softball for McClay's Tavern, which was my stepdad's team, his least bar. And uh, Tony had Tony had this uh, – he could have been like Ron Hunt, who led the league in getting hit by pitches. Tony would always have some sort of odd injury that was not his fault, but it always happened to him. I can still remember you legging out uh, an infield hit to first base, tripping over the bag and falling on your keys. Yes. Okay. Now, that doesn't happen in the major leagues because somebody has keys with them. But there was another time we were playing the uh, lounge, and you were sliding into second base, and the second baseman was awaiting a throw, and he was a bit inept. I I, I, I know him if, if I – I don't know what his name was, but I know exactly what he looked like. He reached up for the throw. It went right through his two hands like a football going through the uprights, and it hit Tony square in the nose <laughs> as he was sliding in. And it broke your nose, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, have, I have a recollection, Ray, of, of uh, both of those uh, episodes. Um, I'll, 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 if I might just come back to the, to the keys. That one, I would say, um, might have been my own stupidity. Because um, I, I, was, I, was, I was wearing spikes. You're supposed to wear play ball. Um, right. But I was also wearing, remember, it was, this was in the late 60s, early 70s, I guess. I was wearing a pair of jean bell-bottom pants. Uh-huh. And as I, as I got the first base, the front spike on my spikes Caught the bell button. <laughs> oh Jesus! And 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 I did do a little bit of what they call ass over tea kettle, and my keys <laughs> were in my pocket, and that landed on the first base. That's what landed on oh, first wow. base. And, yeah. and and if you remember Ray, but I was catching in that game, and about two innings later, I looked down at my leg, and when I finally got home, I had to cut my pants off my right leg because I oh, couldn't, Jesus. my leg got swollen up so much. And uh, there was some discussion about them going into the hospital for a draining, but uh, let's forget that part of the story. The best part was the second story, Ray, because you know, I was, I was an okay player and I'm putting a lot of caveats on okay. You know, you had a lot yeah. of good ball players on the, on the clay. We had, we had a lot of, we had a lot of- Great ball plays. You were a, a punch and Judy kind of slap hitter. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. You, yeah. You, you, you hit them where they weren't, you know. But we did. Yeah, we had some exactly. really, really fine baseball. But, but fine this, this game, the game, the game you were talking about, I still remember this because it happened to be the best game I ever had in my softball career, and and mm-hmm. and there weren't many others to be honest. Okay. Right. But that game, that game, I did hit a double and I did mm-hmm. round first 
place, and I did slide into second, as you said. I was wearing prescription sunglasses because I needed right. glass square. Um, kind of the you know, take your eyes and the top of your nose and your forehead, and that's where mm-hmm. the ball hit me. Um, sunglasses, the the lenses went in in two different directions. The frame went in another direction, and uh, and it was uh, it was uh, you know pretty crazy. I I think I might have been unconscious for a second or two, but I made it into second, and it was a double, and I didn't get many doubles. So. You came out, you were going to take me out of the game, and I said, no, Mike and Wade, because I just, I just got a double, and, and I'm, I'm playing, okay? So, mm-hmm. yes, yes, I rounded third on a next hit and scored, and you wanted to take me out again because you were – and I said, no, Ray, I'm staying in. And if you remember, my next time at bat, I got a triple. I never had a triple playing softball. Right, okay? right. I got a triple. <laughs> So I remember that day so well, and then I remember the next day at work um, calling the hospital and saying I, I have to come in because um, I, I'm in such pain I can't think straight. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, broke, broken nose, broken nose, and, uh, and, but nothing they can do for it. You know, you just grin and bear it. And that leads up to Don Imus when I called right. in so he, Don Imus. Tell us Don and, Imus tie in here. Yeah, and it was, it, I say it all ties back to Don Imus. And I called, I used to call Don Imus for two reasons. I loved Don Imus. I liked listening to his show. But I also sure. knew my brother Michael listened. So I was married at the time, so I was living in, in, not in the same, I was in College Point. My brother Michael was living in College Point. And he hated Don Imus, but he hated him to the point where he had to listen to him, how that right. works. Okay. And I used to call in to annoy Michael, my brother. Right. So I called in one day, and I've called him several days, but on this day I called in, and I told him about McClay's Tavern and how we won, but I broke my nose, and I played a song on my broken nose. <laughs> got, got something. But, but, but the thing that annoyed Michael the most was um, because uh, Don Imus used to do a thing called uh, one of his routines was the uh, the Right Reverend Dr. Billy Saul Hargis. That's right. The first church of the gooey death and discount house of worship. At the uh, discount house of worship. So I used to call mm-hmm. in and tell him, you know, I'd I, 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 I spend an evening down at McClay's uh, Tavern. Mm-hmm. Right, you would bartend. And then I'd go home. And then the next morning I'd call and I would tell him I spent the night at uh, with the Right Reverend Dr. Billy. Uh, I forget what name I used. Uh, but it was right. your name somehow weaved in, Ray. Um, okay. and, and and so I said, and what he told me, because, you know, and we were hockey fans, and this was the year New York Rangers gag line, you know, uh, Jill mm-hmm. Bear had, and uh, and John was hell. And I said, right. and what the what, what Dr. Billy Ray Saugus told me was um, Jesus saves and uh, Raquel tips in the rebound. And, and <laughs> And, and Michael, being being a man of the church, um, <laughs> I guess the phone rang literally ready. That was on the phone on on the radio, and literally five seconds later, my phone is ringing. My <laughs> oh jeez, unbelievable! We'll be right back after this. Do you inspire to be a show host, co-host, creative producer? camera operator, ground coverage reporter, or a writer in the internet TV or radio business? 
Irresponsible Productions and Consultants, LLC, is seeking individuals to start in the news and entertainment, sports community-based, internet TV, and radio shows. Looking for all ages and skill levels, this is your opportunity to join in a community-shared vision. Build something from the grassroots, start something great and rewarding. Show ideas include local food reviews and spotlights, local business spotlights and interviews, local government information and community awareness, local sports spotlights on the different sports activities, athletes, and interviews, local health and wellness spotlights on the different groups and activities in the area, local leadership spotlights and interviews, local artist spotlights and interviews. If you have an interest in any of these shows or have a show idea of your own and just need help producing it, contact Info at irresponsibleproductions.net. That's I-N-F-O at E-A-R, responsibleproductions.net.
which drove my mother crazy because people were really smiling for all the wrong reasons, okay? So she told Uncle Tom about it, and uh, he thought it was hysterical. And during the day that we were there at the house, in fact, it was your house, uh, he would call me over, and he would say, go tell Uncle Walter fish in your hat. <laughs> go tell Uncle Walter fish in the fishbowl. <laughs> he just kept me going for, like, hours doing that, you know? The mulligans did not lack for sense of humor, that's for sure. No, yeah, not 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 at all. I I had a close, very close uh, relationship with Uncle Tom and and, and Karen, yeah. cousin Karen, because if you remember, well, sure. Ray, you know that you know back back in the day, back in the you know fifties and and, uh, uh, and and so you know we were ten years old and. And uh, that house on 118th Street in College right. Point, so we, we, we mean, you know, my mom and, and, and dad and uh, my brother Michael and John, we lived on the first floor. And uh, mm-hmm. on the second floor of the house was, uh, was uh, Uncle Walter and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and Grandma. And, right. uh, and, and, yep. And then, and then upstairs, mm-hmm. upstairs, there was an attic. And for some time... Um, Uncle Tom and Aunt Kareem and Karen were living uh, up there, and so you know I, I saw Uncle Tom a lot, and I used to always tell him, and I uh, and I meant this sincerely, not to hurt anybody else, but he was my favorite uncle. Um, oh no question, and, no question. Yeah, and and uh, I I have uh, I have great stories. He he was he he was a a, a, a loving man, and uh, mm-hmm. I I remember I remember uh, my first. Uh, uh, fortunately, I've only had two. My first bachelor party, which uh, right. was held at, uh, at at one of those institutions you mentioned earlier, Ray, it was uh, at at the rendezvous, and um, and I think I only made it. Um, I think I only made it uh, for a short period of time. But I remember the next day, the next morning, everybody was still at the house, and uh, there was Uncle Tom in a in a in a t-shirt, an undershirt. Um, and uh, you know, I think they were they having a little bit of uh, of that uh, snake that bit them the night before, and uh, and, it, and and it just kept going. <laughs> I re- as well, I remember. It was, did you have a one of your bachelor parties at the Riot the Friendly? What's that? Was there ever a bachelor party at the Friendly? Um, I don't. No, my, my, was, I, I, I thought it was a friendly, but it was a rendezvous. Uh, that night, I closed the bar up, went upstairs, and suddenly realized that I went downstairs. I was going to. This was back in my drinking days. I'm going to grab a couple of cans of beer and bring them upstairs. And uh, as I come around the bar, there's a knock on the door of the bar, and. I went, oh, geez, you know, and I went, I looked, and it was everybody from your bachelor party. <laughs> Michael was there, Uncle Tom, Uncle Jim, uh, but, uh, uh, Aunt Genevieve, uh, Jackie's aunt Genevieve, everybody was there. Yep. Yep. And then there was somebody knocking at the side door when I had, a, I had everybody sitting at the bar, and somebody knocked at the side door. And uh, I went around because I didn't want to open the door up with somebody knocking because I couldn't see out. 
and uh, the guy sitting on the step of the side door said, open the damn door, will you? And it was Buddy Cromer. Oh, Buddy. Right? <laughs> yep. And I came in I came in the front door, and I said, uh, you better let that guy in. I said, I don't think he's in good shape. And everybody had all worried. all jumped up, right? And he opened the door, and Buddy just rolled into the <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> Give me a damn drink. You know, it was one of those deals. But those those people hung out that night. God, we were there till well past four in the morning. Okay, mm-hmm. I can still remember they had some food that I guess they brought from the rendezvous with them, but I didn't make any food for them. And uh, your your brother Michael was up on the bar dancing. Okay, and as he's dancing, Uncle Jimmy is painting his shoes with mustard. That just stood out in my mind. I, and why that I remember that, I have no idea. But I just I remember that totally, you know. And then a couple of couple of people. I, I, I know you remember George Deemer. George oh, yeah. Deemer and a couple other guys came to the front door, and uh, uh, Uncle Jimmy said, do, "Do you want them in here?" And I said, "Oh yeah, you can let them in," you know. <laughs> Those guys walked in there as like they walked into the cantina scene. <laughs> in uh, in Star Wars, <laughs> they couldn't get over the show that was being put on by the Mulligan Clan, you know. But it, it was it was all good. Just just a lot, a lot a lot of fun, you know. But like you said, I can I can understand why uh, why they were a, a little bit recuperative the next day. And then one one time, I was working at the family, and. Uh, your, your brother Michael called me and said uh, that I guess he had a canned ham and he, he had a lot of people over the house and he wanted to slice the canned ham and Michael said to me would it be okay if I sent it down and had the, your, your cook slice it on the slice machine? I said yeah sure you know uh, right. so he comes in Uncle Tom, Uncle Jimmy come in with the canned ham <laughs> Uncle Tommy carries it back to the to the uh, kitchen, hands it to the cook, and he said, "Thin and loose." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he, he walked away, thin and loose, and, and the guy took it and said, "How does thin and loose mean?" You know? And it was funny because because uh, one of the waitresses that just struck us so funny. She used that phrase for weeks after that. You know, thin and loose. Thin and loose. <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was always there was always uh, a gathering. I'm we were talking about the uh, the gathering at, at your house at your house or at at, at your, your mom's house uh, after you would move out, I guess. And uh, Michael would have the Easter peace where everybody would get together on Easter Sunday. Yes, and uh, it was it was I mean it was. Guy, there were three generations of people at that table, you know, and I can still I, I, remember. I, 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 right. Uh, I can still remember uh, your brother John and, and his wife Larry had their, their two kids, you know, and no bigger than a minute, you know, and now they're like somebody's father or mother, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, how, how, the time, how the time changes, you know. But that was always an interesting. Gathering of people, you know, we were we were uh, 
like I said, it was just a wide variety of people. And uh, every Easter, and God bless him, Michael used to do his best to introduce religion into it. You know, we would have to bless this and to bless that. And uh, I can still remember him handing blessed eggs and something around the table. And Uncle yep. Walter just sco- scooping it off onto his plate. <laughs> so you just you, you, you reminded me of two quick stories, Ray. One, mm-hmm. one, uh, I'll, I'll do the sh- what I think it's a short one for his Uncle Walter. We, when, when, uh, when uh, I moved out to Long Island, we had a bunch of the family out um, for Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. Uncle Walter came out, and uh, I don't remember all that was there, but, you know, a lot of the aunts and uncles came out. And, uh, you know, we did our best to, uh, to make a great Thanksgiving dinner. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you always, you always forget something at, uh, right. at, you know, at the dinner. Something doesn't make it to the table. So sure. what table, believe it or not, how do you forget this at Thanksgiving with everything else, is the stuffing never oh, made it to the table. Now, Uncle right. Walter, his favorite part of the meal is the stuffing. But he was trying to be nice, so he didn't, he didn't bring it up. During, during mm-hmm. dinner, <laughs> but all of a sudden, now we're, you know, everybody's done and full, and, you know, we take a little break, and out comes the apple pie, and, you know, the pumpkin pie, and this pie, and the coffee, mm-hmm. and somebody says, oh, my God, we forgot to put the stuffing out for dinner, so what did Uncle Walter have? Uncle Walter had a pumpkin, piece of pumpkin pie, and a big wad of stuffing with gravy, and his coffee for dessert. <laughs> I am not, I'm not at all surprised by that. Absolutely not. not surprised. But, but the, no, other, the, other, the other story, Ray, with the Easter pieces, if you remember one year talking about Michael and the blessing, he decided to cook a whole pig and a whole lamb. Yes. And he got the whole pig and the whole lamb. He brought it up to the church. He had the Monsignor bless it. Right. And brought it and you know, cooked it, you know, except I still remember because we had, and we had the table. Remember my my mom's house? We had it was the it was there was a dining room and then the living room and there was a big opening through it and we made a table from one end of the house to the other. So you could probably mm-hmm. fit you know four to five people around that table. Oh, sure. And it was the kids at one end, the adults at the other end, just a packed, packed, packed table. And I remember when Michael brought out the lamb. And the pig, the whole mm-hmm. pig, and all the kids, all the kids, we were all teenage, we, we were all probably in our 20s at the time, Ray, or right. you know, maybe getting to like 30. And he, he put it on the table, and there is the whole lamb at Easter. The kids were in even He even enhanced that by talking about how he picked that lamb out. He mm-hmm. picked that lamb out because as he scratched it by its ear, it kind of muzzled up against them. Yeah. And that, that, that tore every little kid's heart in the room, you know. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It wasn't bad enough the pig had the apple in its mouth, but the lamb, the lamb, the lamb ended it all for the kids. Yeah, yeah. And I, everybody, I, think I, those kids, I think some of those kids haven't, haven't had a lamb chop since. Either that or they're all in therapy by now, yeah. There was that, everybody would head downstairs after that, too. Yeah. Downstairs yeah. was the place to be. That was another thing, John. You know, I, I John's got a, got a lot of talents. Okay, uh, 
I remember somewhere deep in the recesses of my mind, you had a player piano downstairs. We did. And you had an organ downstairs at one time. And an old, very old organ. Yeah, I remember John playing both of those. Yeah, yep, yep. I never realized that he was I'll tell you a, 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 a great story about both of my brother's talents. Okay, uh-huh. so I think I think I think you know that you know my brother Michael, my oldest brother. He's 13 years older than I am. He was a right. great artist. If you remember, at Christmas time, he went around College Point. He painted the windows of all mm-hmm. the stores, all the shops. With Christmas. Well, he, painted, he painted that mural in the back room at the rendezvous. It was there forever. And 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 so he also painted in our basement. Okay, uh, you know mm-hmm. the, the bottom floor of our of our house. He painted. It was all concrete. It was all old concrete. He painted that whole thing with with. Uh, it looked like an old Roman city. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. These old. Um, uh, Cathedrals and steps. I mean, it, 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 a talent. I wish I had pictures of it. It was that good. So he did all that. Now John could paint too. I, you know, he mm-hmm. might not like to hear this, but I don't think he was as good a painter as as uh, Michael. But John was pretty good. So I remember yeah. one day Michael wasn't home, and on the stairs going down, on the one wall, there was it was a beautiful like like. Um, Spackled wall, so it was it was it was gray in color and it was black, perfectly black. And mm-hmm. John, really nice picture of a of a um, of a uh, uh, a matador and a bull. I remember that picture. Oh, it's on. It was huge. It was mm-hmm. huge. <laughs> and Michael came home, and he had something planned to paint there, and. John absconded with his canvas. So the next day, the matador's the matador's legs were blue. <laughs> Good old friend. Michael painted the matador's legs blue. He was so pissed off at my brother that for, for painting that on that place, he had something planned. <laughs> he got even with him by painting the matador's legs blue. You know what I do remember? I, I do remember John doing. I remember John was really good at sketching stuff. Very good at and sketching I can, stuff. I can still remember him sketching like cartoon characters. Very you know? good at cartoon. Yeah. 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 Very, very, very talented. And the other thing he did, yep. interestingly enough, where he wound up in, in his career, John would take gasoline-powered uh, planes down to Chisholm's Park. Yeah. And he would never have them on the tether. He would just let them go. And yeah, wherever no, they wanted to wound up. He, and then he, he would was, go no, and he analyze the crash site. You know, now you, you know, think this guy, he wound up in, 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 as an aeronautical engineer, and, uh, yeah. you know, it was in his DNA. Totally yeah, in his DNA. Yeah. It, it, before it was popping, before drones, he was flying back in the 60s, he was flying remote-controlled airplanes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think about Chisholm's Park, Indian, Indian, Indian Rock Hill. Yes. That was the hill, right? I remember it well. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was a hundred, Street, um, from from Ninth uh, Avenue down to Chisholm's Park. That was Indian Rock right. Hill. That's we right. Play, we, yeah. That's where we used to play ride. Yep. That's why. That's why if you're going to Chisholm's Park on a bicycle. 
you always went down the bus route. <laughs> you yeah. stayed away from Indian Rock, yeah. No question or, about or, that. Or, yeah. Or 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 you or you can decide. Remember the big steps that were um uh down to the water on the far I guess that'd be the far um west side of the park. There was this big uh-huh. set of stairs that went down the yeah, and I don't know if you remember know, know the story, but my my uh, my my brother John decided he was going to go down those stairs on his bicycle. I do remember that very well too. Went yeah, right over the yeah, handlebars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, over the handlebars. Yep. Yep. And, remember, and course, remember that. that story. Bless your mom. He walked into the living room wrapped up, <laughs> bleeding yeah. from the head. <laughs> like, hi, mom. I'm home. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And I'll find that hill in Chisholm's Park. There was a little known about roller hockey rinks. And they're very seldom used. And uh, yeah. we we actually attempted to get into the YMCA uh, roller hockey league. It was uh, me and Bobby Conroy and uh, Ozzy Vangelakis and a few other people. And we actually put a, a group of guys together and we had to get a waiver from the uh, the church. Not that not that St. Fidelis had a roller hockey team, but you started to get a, a, a waiver from your local church. And Father Osborne informed us that we could never become officers in the YMCA. And I thought that was so strange. <laughs> you know? Because, because why? Now, I don't think we ever played one game because that, that rink was unusable. And then they were about to build a new convent, and that where the old water tower used to be, and that was flat, and it was asphalt, and it was gorgeous, and the church wouldn't let us use it. So we would have been a road team for the whole year, you know. Yeah. But uh, probably, play, probably just as well. I used to play roll hockey. Was it was it PS? Which was the school? Was it 129? Um, on uh, 127th. No, like 128 or 29th Street and 27th Avenue. What's I think it was, it was either 29 or 27. I'm not sure which one it was. Yeah, yeah. I used to play roll hockey. I played roll hockey in there. Yeah, but the, see, that was all broken up concrete, too. There was all kinds of uh, seams between oh, the, the slabs, you know? Yeah, and we weren't skating today. The kids who play roll hockey, they skate on inline skates. We were we were skating on on old shoe skates with metal wheels. Right. Listen, if you can skate on inline skates, you can skate on uh, on ice skates. You know. Yeah. We used yeah. To, we used to rent out uh, skate land in uh, I think it was in New Hyde Park. It was in Hicksville. I'm not sure where it was, but it was owned. Turned out it was owned by. Uh, Bill Chadwick owned the building. I didn't know that two years later. But we would rent it out, uh, I think, for $80. You got the whole arena, okay? Now, that's yeah. the good news. The bad news is you got the whole arena at 3 o'clock in the morning, okay? Yeah. yeah. And you would be playing. I think, didn't you go out there and play with us one time? No, where I played, where I played, I don't remember, where I played my, my ice hockey. So I, I didn't get into ice hockey way till. I was working at Grumman. Um, okay. I had just graduated college. I was 21. And the same day that I started work at Grumman as an aeronautical engineer, the right. kid, kid at the time, that, that, that 
that started the same day I did, and he sat at the, in the desk next to me. And I still remember uh-huh. his name was Alan Francario, and he uh-huh. he was from, he was from from uh, from the north end of Boston, and uh-huh. he he had just graduated from from BU from Boston University. So uh-huh. get, you know, I get to meet. He becomes one of my best friends, and I get to chat with him. Turns out he was the starting goaltender for BU. Wow. And, and he, he played against Ken Dryden in college hockey. Okay. Uh-huh. So, so one day he says to me, can, can, can you uh, skate? You know, I said, well, I can uh-huh. skate with him. I said, I play a little roller hockey, but you know, I haven't ice skated in a long time. He said, uh-huh. he, he said, did you ever roll ice skate? I said, yeah, when I was a kid. He said, great. He says, get some skates. We're going to go on to Lake Ronkonkoma. and we're going to skate. So, long story short, next, oh, I mean, next thing you know, so, you know, a year later, I'm playing in the New York Islanders men's league. Oh, jeez. Okay? And we played, we, you know, so we, we, we played um, uh, we, like two or three nights a week we were playing. We played games in two places. We played at a place called um, Racket and Rink. Which is it was, a, it was a rink owned owned by the Islanders, okay? Mm-hmm. It's tennis courts and two indoor um, hockey rinks, okay? And that's where the Islanders practiced back in the day. And then mm-hmm. we did we did pickup games and practices at a little rink on uh, God. It was I forget the name of it, but upstairs was a bingo hall, and downstairs was about a two third size ice rink. And we used to play there. But same thing. Our games, our games, we played. We played running time games, an hour and a half of running time, and either you eat, there were two ice times for our league games. The early times were eleven p.m. Right. The late times were one a.m. Yeah. And then, you know, and then so you you got on the ice. You know, you warmed up, practiced, and then the game actually started like at eleven thirty or one thirty. An hour and a half of running time, three o'clock you were done. You got in the car, you drove home, and went to work the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, when yeah. we used to rent that skate land, uh, you never knew how much time you had left, okay? And the game was over when the Zamboni came on the ice. There you go. <laughs> the thing, and literally, the guy would wheel, do a wheelie onto the ice, and that's when you knew it was over, you know? Now, yeah. I, would, I, would be, I would be in goal because... The goalie pads were like an outrigger on a canoe for me. Okay, I had no chance yeah. of skating without those goalie pads. And uh, I can still remember the last time we played there, I came damn close to getting run over by the Zamboni. And that guy chased <laughs> me to the ages, you know. But anyway, yeah. it was fun to do. You know, it's one of those things that you're glad you did after it was over. You know, but uh, yeah. I wouldn't want to like I wouldn't want to play in an organized league. I don't have that kind of Kind of talent. I had, a, I had a football coach named Phil Ginta, G-U-I-N-T-A, and this is oh god, years ago, back in the sixties. And uh, he played in some men's league out on the island, and mm-hmm. they were having a, a pickup game, just like a practice game. And yep. two of the guys who showed up that were just hanging out there, were with their group of guys, uh, played for the Long Island Ducks out of Comac. Yep. And yeah. the guy asked if he could play in the game. And Phil was telling me the story. And uh, second shot on goal, this guy takes a slap shot, hits Phil in the skate, and breaks his blade in half. Oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> and that was the last time Phil Ginter was strapped on goalie pants. There you go. You know, well, I'll tell you, Rick, talking, talking, about, talking about the Ducks, so the rink, this racket and rink, which was, again, owned by the Islanders, um, the guy who was the rink manager, and he yeah. was also our men's league commissioner, Okay. Okay. Was a guy was a guy by the name of Buzz Uset. Uh-huh. And Buzz played Buzz played for the Ducks. Okay. Right. And uh, and so you know he was I guess retired from playing, but this other guy, you know, he, he, those guys live around rinks all the time. So he was he was he was he was our league commissioner. But the interesting thing Ray, was we played we played a couple of seasons. You know our our seasons were like twelve weeks long. You know, and, right. or maybe shorter. Some games sometimes we played two games in a week. The mm-hmm. summer, the, the the first summer league that I played in, all of a sudden this guy shows up, not on our team, but on one of the other teams, because he was looking for some ice time, and he couldn't right. get ice time in it. So he decided he's going to play in this league. Okay, mm-hmm. Nick Petiu. Oh jeez. <laughs> yes, yes. True story. Nicky you know, I mean, he that he was desperate for ice time. You know, and it was uh, right before he played the Rangers. He wanted, you know, he wanted to play, and he was looking for ice time. And you know, he, he played probably played uh, every probably get on the uh, ice every minute he could get on the ice. Talk about a guy whose good side you want to stay on. We'll be right back after this. Do you inspire to be a show host, co-host? creative producer, camera operator, ground coverage reporter, or a writer in the internet TV or radio business? Irresponsible Productions and Consultants LLC is seeking individuals to start in the news and entertainment sports community-based internet TV and radio shows. Looking for all ages and skill levels, this is your opportunity to join in a community-shared vision. Build something from the grassroots, start something great and rewarding. Show ideas include local food reviews and spotlights, local business spotlights and interviews, local government information and community awareness, local sports spotlights on the different sports activities, athletes, and interviews, local health and wellness spotlights on the different groups and activities in the area, local leadership spotlights and interviews, local artist spotlights and interviews. If you have an interest in any of these shows or have a show idea of your own and just need help producing it, contact Info at irresponsibleproductions.net. That's I-N-F-O at E-A-R, responsibleproductions.net.
Henry DeRico of Manhattan Beach, California, the proprietor of Bella Beach and Bella Beach Kids, www.bellabeachkids.com. And uh, I recommend you go online and check them out. Or if you're in, if you're in Manhattan Beach, uh, as Tony said, it's a nice stroll down to the uh, to the uh, pier from where they are. Uh, hey, Tony, is Mama D still there? Mama D's is still here. Um, they okay. just opened up a new place in, uh, I believe, in uh, Hermosa or uh, or Redondo. Um, and uh, yeah, the Mama D's is still here. What a what a great restaurant that was. Loved that restaurant. Yep, yep, yep. Small, small, and uh, cozy, and just a great, great food. And probably yeah. the best chicken Caesar salad I've ever had in my life. And I'm not a big salad guy, but I remember that from Mama D's. Just great food. Great, great place. So let, let's go back a little bit to your uh, your political career, okay? Uh-huh. Now, you, you said that you were in uh, in a, uh, a commercial, uh, like a support, uh, what would you call it? I don't know what you call it. An organization. Yeah, there's so, there's a, a, a business association um, here. I mean, most cities, you know, have different types. You know, we 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 do have a, a chamber of commerce as well, but right. you know, this is a group of uh, you know business uh, uh, owners that got together years before I got involved in business in Manhattan Beach, and they just decided it was in their best interest to have a group that looked out for each other's best interest and. Uh, you know, lobbied together on things they needed to get done, um, protected, uh, you know, we, we have a, in our town, you know, everybody wants to do something in downtown Manhattan Beach, and that's wonderful, sure. but it presents a challenge. You know, we have very limited parking, and if, if there's an event every weekend, then there'd be no businesses downtown. So, you know, this group got together, and uh, I, I, you know, years after it got formed, became, became a member, and uh, that's what led me as I said, through uh, there's some encouragement to uh, to run for uh, for the city council. What sort of advice would you give to somebody right now? Let's say there's somebody sitting there in uh, in Manhattan Beach or Redondo or Hermosa or any one of those. Oh, anywhere, any 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 small town. I, I, yeah, I mean the, the the way I see it, Ray, is first off, you know, your your most local government. You know, in a small town, I mean, we're, we're, we're a town of, you know, four square miles and 35,000, uh, you know, people. Um, but, you know, I, I'm talking about cities and towns, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000. You know, not New York City where you got, you know, uh, 15 million people. But when you've got cities, your local government actually has the most effect on your life than anything else. More effect mm-hmm. on your life. Than 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 uh, than the governor of of the state, more effect than 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 your senators, your state senators, more effect than uh, you know than the uh, House of Representatives or, or 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 the president. That's where local get set. That's where what how you know what your quality of life is set by your local city government. Okay, right. so it's important. So from that point of view, it's important, but. The thing that I struggled with most was I think the best city government is a nonpartisan city government. The minute you start 
starts to bring politics, okay, mm-hmm. and especially partisan politics into local government, it loses its its quality of its value to you as a, as, as a resident. You know, right. there's time to go lobby for what you want. You know, I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. Well, I kind of do, but you know, I'm, I'm saying, you know, um, mm-hmm. but, but but you know, that happens at a higher level. The local level should, as best it can, should stay out of that. Um, and 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 don't if you're interested in your city. Okay, and what's best for your city and your residents? Not what's best, not what's best for you, not what's best for whatever political party you follow, but for what is best for you and your community. Okay, right. the family, your neighbors, etc. Then local government's a great place to get good stuff done. Okay, so what you're really saying, what you're saying then is, if there is a town hall meeting, or if there is some sort of uh, 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 get together with the people, irrespective of what the political views are of the people, and you want your voice heard, and you want to kind of register the fact that you're interested, uh, it's not best to go to necessarily the local club of the local uh, political party, but actually go directly to the people that are speaking at the town hall meeting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, where we, we in, in Manhattan Beach, we have um, two public city council meetings um, every month, okay? Right. Uh, and, and, that, and, and, and residents come. You know, they're, 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 right. they're all recorded. You can go back and watch, you know, four years' worth or, you know, or, 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 or back further. Residents come, and we give them an opportunity to tell us what's right and what's wrong, okay? Sure. So we limit – the one thing that's important is we limit that, that, that comment to stuff that is and can be um, uh, decided on and affected by the city council. You can't come and tell me, you know, you hate Donald Trump. You can't tell me you come right. and you hated Hillary Clinton because we don't have mm-hmm. any impact on it. But if That's you right. tell me that I'm really upset you took away all those parking spaces um, mm-hmm. and you red curved them because you think that's safer than what was there before, right. come and tell me about it. Okay, mm-hmm. and and you know, and hopefully you got five people on the city council with common sense that aren't looking, you know, aren't looking for higher office. You know, they're not, they're not, you know, politically motivated. Okay, right. they're interested in the community, and and you know, and if that's what you're interested in doing, then then run for city government. You know, that's well, a good thing. With the great uh, Tip O'Neill, Speaker of the House, who said that all politics is local. And it really is, you know. It and really the is. Spaces that are red curved now impact people. And like you say, you know, the uh, the red curve, uh, red curving of parking spaces is way more impactful on a day to day basis than uh, you know than, than the climate accords in Paris. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And the thing I understand about Manhattan Beach, by the way, and Tony brings up a good point: parking is at a premium. Okay, I had a one-car garage. We had two cars, so I used to have to park in the garage, and the second car would be parked across the garage door. All right, yeah. and uh, they they had to know that you lived at that house, otherwise they would have thrown the car away. But uh, yep. the one thing about Manhattan Beach is at Christmas time, all of the parking spaces are free. 
there's no money needed to, to park by a meter. Well, I don't know if it's still that way. It was when I was there. They used yeah. to put these little That's signs that. over it that it was for Christmas, you know, which which helps local local business immeasurably. And that's a decision, that's a decision that every year comes before the city council and the city right. council votes on whether or not we should bag what we call bag the meters, put, put the right. citizens greeting, you know, bags over the meter, and whether we should do it for two weeks or three weeks or four weeks. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the residents come and tell us, you know, their opinions and write us tons of emails. Um, you know, I would tell you to, don't, don't, don't run for city council if you're not prepared to work because it's 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 a lot of work to do it right. You know, you oh, can't yeah. mail it in. It's you, you could mail it in, but that's then why do it? You know, it's you a lot are, of work. You are on the tip. You are the tip of the spear too. You're you're the person. You say it's sort of like in the, when the uh, there's this thing now where they're redoing all of Penn Station in New York, and they're calling it the summer of hell. So you know those people that are, are driving those trains and the conductors are going to catch a lot of crap. You know, it's not going to be the head of the MTA. It's going to be the guy to deal with on a daily basis, you know. Speaking of downtown Manhattan Beach again, and you can tell where I spent my time because they asked you about Mama D's, uh, the, 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 the kettle. The kettle, the kettle is still is, there. kettle is still there, and I, hopefully the kettle will be there until there's no more Manhattan Beach. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's a family that's owned it. The, 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 the sons... Uh, so funny story, Ray. The sons of the owners of the kettle, um, uh, the Sims brothers, they mm-hmm. opened up a number of restaurants um, recently in 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 town. The one son, Chris Sims, owns the I think they're called the Lucky Dog restaurants. Now there's no Lucky Dog uh, in Manhattan Beach, but it's a chain of restaurants throughout Southern California. But but Mike Sims opened a place called Simsies. It happens to be right next door to my my two my my two stores, and uh, uh-huh. and he he opened those uh, he opened Simsies the same week eight year, eight and a half years ago that we opened up our two stores, and there were uh-huh. about four or five in a row failed uh, restaurants in that location, and uh-huh. he's had he's had Simsies for eight and a half years, and it's a home run, and right. uh, and and then he opened up a place called down the block on Manhattan Avenue. He opened a place called MB Post. Um, it got that mm-hmm. name because it's where um, many, many, many years ago the original Manhattan Beach Post Office was there. So he called okay. it the Post, and he brought in a chef called David Lefebvre. And uh, 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 David was a Michelin uh, chef, uh, a James Beard finalist, um, up in up in Los Angeles. And uh, that actually was one of the tipping points in my mind to the change in the restaurant scene in Manhattan Beach. The restaurant scene in Manhattan Beach over the last five or six years has has uh, gone through the through the roof, through the roof. And the David, along with uh, Mike Sims, uh, MB Post was, was was one of the catalysts. That was amazing. Then uh, David uh, Lefebvre next door, where Talia's used to be, opened a place called Fishing with Dynamite. It's a tiny little place, and uh, you can't get in. And then they uh-huh. opened up a place called Arthur J's, which um, about uh, two months, three months after they were opened, was named one of the best steakhouses in, in Los Angeles. Um, wow. So, so they've got they've they've they, you know you know you talk about somebody who's who can guard has got a green thumb. I don't know what you call the, these guys, but 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 they hit uh, home runs. And then you know that steps everybody up. So then Guy, who won Cafe Pierre, um, brought in uh, Michael Fiorelli 
and uh, changed the restaurant to Love and Salt, and that's a home run. That's on Manhattan Beach Boulevard mm-hmm. just up the block, you know. And then Mike Zisless, who, you know, they, they built the Strand House, and that place is hitting it, you know, uh, home runs left and right. So you got some real high-end restaurants, but you still got, you know, the, 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 the mom-and-pop shops, you know, the Mama D's mm-hmm. and, and uh, El Sombrero and places like that. And uh, so the restaurant scene here in Manhattan Beach is great. And, uh, you know, if you're on city council, you get to try to protect that. That's one of the things mm-hmm. we did um, while I was on council, uh, Ray, is a thing called the downtown specific plan. Because when you've got real estate in Manhattan Beach that's going through the roof, okay? Right. And we just house down the block, sell for $22 million. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Houses on the Strand, you know, going on the market at $33, $34 million. So when you got residential property that happening, the same things happening with commercial property. And commercial property, you know, people want to come in. They don't give one rat's ass, pardon me, about right. They're just in it for the money. So they're, they're coming in and trying to buy up. You're trying to buy up um, you know, the commercial property downtown. Okay, mm-hmm. and what they do then is they come in, they triple the rents, they push all the small businesses, local businesses that have been here for a long time out, you know. And what shows up shows up. Nobody cares. They, they're not people who care about the community. They don't care about the city. So the residents really were, were behind us doing a specific plan um, to per, try to protect, you know, what's what what's uh, going on, you know. it's a challenge. You also have buildings being built in front of buildings when they could have been built either a bit to the side or a bit lower than they were, you know. So you, yep. you, you, you buy this big property, you get this great view, and all of a sudden your great view is the back door of somebody's house, you know. Yeah, but, but also, but, also one, of the big, one of the big things that the downtown specific plan did, uh, when there's, you know, is, is what can be on the ground floor. Because what was happening is, you know, you want if you want a vibrant downtown, you know, look look at any of the, you know, communities go up, you know, to uh, up north to Carmel and places like that. You go or, or go go out east to, to you know, to, to Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard. What makes those little towns, little beach towns, um, vibrant is all all kinds of eclectic little shops and people want to right. walk on the street, etc. But what was huh. happening? Is I can tell you as a small business owner because I know the I know the math. Okay, is mm-hmm. I can't afford the rent that they want to charge, and nobody can. It's not just this isn't about Tony Dorico. This is about any small business owner. You can't when you look at, at at I won't get on this subject, but minimum wage going to fifteen bucks an hour for people who mm-hmm. are you know I'm I'm all about protecting the rights of our workers. Okay. But if I can't hire if I can't hire kids from Maricosta High School to work in the summer in my in my store and at fifteen bucks an hour I can't that's just that's damaging to everybody. Okay, that's uh-huh. all another said. You can all show on that rate. But coming back, well, to, well, to, the people that work at minimum wage usually that's your first rung on the ladder. Okay. Yeah. Don't tell me that you've got a wife and four kids at home. And you're in your 40s, and that's why you need $15 an hour. You've yeah. made some bad choices if you're still in that first run on the ladder. You know, yeah. now the price, yeah. the home prices in Manhattan Beach, and this, because we sold our house in Manhattan Beach, and we do rather well with it. But part of the, the issue is going back to what we talked about before the celebrity of it all, okay? 
if I'm some young guy playing for the Kings or the or the Clippers or the or the the, the Lakers or the Dodgers, and I got more money than I know what to do with, and somebody gives me a price on a house, I'm not going to haggle. I'm going to pay the price because I got the money. Now, what that does is that cuts a lot of people out of the market, you know, because you really, you really, there are a lot of people depending on that haggling, you know. I mean, it's a little unrealistic to say Manhattan Beach, but that's really what happens. If, if the, the asking price is 1.6 mil and, uh, you know, the rookie point guard from the Clippers comes in and goes, yeah, I got you 1.6, here you go, you know. There's no there's yeah. no negotiating going on at all, you know. Yeah. That kind of locks some people out of the market. But I totally agree with what you're saying about the ground floor stuff because even when you see places in England, that ground floor is what what makes it the neighborhood. You know, it's right. not the people living above the ground floor. In fact, in uh, in Manhattan, right across from what used to be, or I guess still is, the Copacabana. There was a restaurant called uh, La Folie, La Folie restaurant, and uh, I put, I put, I, I was between Irish bars one time, and I put in the ad. Remember the Irish Echo newspaper? I put a, a employment wanted ad in the Irish Echo, and I got a call from La Folie restaurant, <laughs> and I, I walked in there, and it was phenomenal. Uh, they had these cushions on the seat, and the stained glass ceiling matched the cushions on the seat exactly. Okay? It was like yeah. 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and the girl in the hat check place was wearing a tuxedo, you know? And I yeah. walked in, and the guy goes, uh, uh, you know, he starts to talk to me about the job, and I said, so let me stop you. I said, uh, I don't belong here. I don't know anybody who does belong here. You know? <laughs> because yeah. it was, it was just too high level. But, again, that's the same thing we're talking about. They went into that ground floor, which was a group of condominiums, a group of condominiums, and they cut everybody else out. You know, yeah, we'll pay top dollar, and we'll fix the place up, too. Now, what is a guy who's got a, the local gym down the block who, like, would like to move into that state? He hasn't got a prayer. And that, 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 that's kind of what happens. You know, yeah. Where you used to price yourself out of the market, and like I said, if you go to a wiggle room, there's no wiggle room anymore. You get that one guy yeah. that's going to pay the price and piss everybody else out. But the, your rents right now in Manhattan Beach are holding pretty steady, aren't they? From what I'm hearing, yeah. anyway. Yeah, 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 for sure. But again, like you don't have you don't have much room for downtime. You know, you got to hit the ground running. You know. But it yeah. was funny because the, the kettle, and then the kettle just occurred to me because we were talking about parking spaces. But the kettle, for people that don't know, is a 24-hour-a-day operation. And you would think that it would be like Denny's, but it's not at all like Denny's. And uh, it's just a regular restaurant that's open 24-7. And incidentally, yep. you know, where you got to buy shopping bags now when you go to supermarkets? Right. The Ralph shopping bag has a picture of the Manhattan Pier, looking down at the Manhattan Pier, and it's the exact picture that is on the menu of the kettle. And I always thought somebody should tell them that, because that might be copyrighted, you know? But I don't want to start yep. a fight around. <laughs> I don't want to start a fight anywhere, anyway, at my age. What can I tell you? 
So anyway, so just to reiterate, as far as getting started in local politics, the keyword is local, and the keyword is get involved as an individual before you get any kind of party affiliation. And you know, it's funny, because party affiliation, too, you're not the last word. You know what I mean? If you are the Republican this or the Democrat that of a local uh, chamber of commerce, say, you can't really sign off on anything until the state the state party says something. You know, you're not the final word. Whereas if you are a free agent, as it were, you know, your word, they think you what you were because that's all you got. You know, you got nobody right. backing you up. But they, it's it's I don't know, it's it's an interesting thing. You got to have a lot of faith uh, to walk in. But then again, you got to get. I remember the city council meetings at. Uh, when I lived up in Palos Verdes, and they used to broadcast them like every Tuesday night or something. Right. The things that people thought were important, you know, we had a big, uh, a big problem with, uh, uh, I don't know, I can't think of the uh, peacocks. We had a big peacock problem. Right. And they would be debates on the peacock problem, pro and con. <laughs> This guy that would buy 40 pounds of peacock food and have his coffee every morning with the peacock. And this other woman that was going to be arrested for kidnapping the peacocks and setting them free in the Angeles Forest, you know. But that's, that's again, like I said, all politics is local. And that's, that's what, what people are interested in. And that's what gets your voice heard, you know. Because there's yep. going to be somebody who's going to identify with you. We will be right back after this. Do you inspire to be a show host, co-host, creative producer, camera operator, ground coverage reporter, or a writer in the internet TV or radio business? Irresponsible Productions and Consultants LLC is seeking individuals to start in the news and entertainment sports community-based internet TV and radio shows. Looking for all ages and skill levels. This is your opportunity to join in a community-shared vision. Build something from the grassroots. Start something great and rewarding. Show ideas include local food reviews and spotlights, local business spotlights and interviews, local government information and community awareness, local sports spotlights on the different sports activities, athletes, and interviews, local health and wellness spotlights on the different groups and activities in the area, local leadership spotlights and interviews, local artist spotlights and interviews. If you have an interest in any of these shows or have a show idea of your own and just need help producing it, contact info at irresponsibleproductions.net. That's I-N-F-O at E-A-R, responsibleproductions.net.
you do know that's me on guitar there, right? <laughs> Who's that? That's me on guitar. I, I had Billy Rooney on the show. I had Billy Rooney on the show one night, and I said, you know, that's me on guitar. And he goes, is that with the one where you play with your feet? I said, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Another, another one of those college, college point extension things, you know, you can just keep going and going and going. Yeah. What can I tell you? So in any case, as we uh, round into the home stretch here, uh, let's just talk again again about Bella Beach and Bella Beach, Bella Bella Beach Kids? Bella Beach Kids, right? Bella Beach and Bella Beach Kids, yes, sir. Bella Beach Kids, right. And located in Manhattan Beach and also located in uh, El Segundo, California. And they also are uh, represented online, www.bellabeachkids.com. You got it. Very good. All, all very, All very classy and nice stuff, you know. Um, we, I, I, it's funny because every now and again, uh, Chris, uh, Mrs. Derico will post something online and it's like, gee, you know, it's, uh, an interesting group of people. Uh, you know, like, like most people say, you know, here we are out at the Burger King or something, you know, but Chris has always got some kind of fashion show going on or <laughs> you know, there's always, always some activity going on and just Classy, great, great stuff, you know. And uh, I always, I always tell people that uh, you've seen some of the things I wear, Tony. And as Amy always says, you really need another shirt with a number on it, you know. I mean, because that's most, most of my stuff. I'm, I'm sitting here right now, speaking to you in my uh, Chattanooga Lookout T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing at all, class, you know. And anytime we go out anywhere, it's, uh, Amy will lay something out for me to wear, otherwise. Otherwise, they show up looking like uh, Colonel Reg's army. There you but, go, uh, Chris. I always, I always tell people, Chris is, Chris is the brains behind the operation. She is, uh, she is, she is uh, the fashion guru for sure. Um, she does all the buying, does all the selecting. She goes to all the shows, and uh, you know, we get, we get a lot compliments on what we carry in the stores. Not just, I mean, the thing about being in Manhattan is we get, we get, we get shoppers. Of around the world. I mean, Manhattan Beach is right. a destination, and we get people shopping in the store from 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 England and from Germany mm-hmm. and from Australia and from Japan and every day, every day. Right. And, uh, well, you're, 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 I mean, you are you are you are in the destination. I mean, uh, yeah. California, the people coming in for LA or they're coming in for uh, you know for uh, Anaheim or whatever. You, you're right there at the hub of all of that, you know. Yep. And uh, we got the get- product you've got. You're going to attract people. That, that, that's all there is to it. You know? I, it's funny yeah. because uh, Cousin Jack and I, one time, we talked about uh, businesses and what makes businesses work and not work. You know? And uh, Jackie and I came up with a great formula. Uh, we're going to open up five Carville ice cream stores and put them all on the same block. Uh-huh. Okay, so that if you wanted ice cream in that neighborhood, you had to come to us. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that 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 that'll tell you about my business activity. You know, it's just non-existent. But uh, so, what do we got coming up right now in Manhattan Beach? At, uh, at you got any events coming up at the uh, at the store? Or uh, by the way, how many people are you working for you now? Well, we you know 
we have a couple of people that are working kind of full time, Ray, and a couple of people work time. Like I said, Chris has tried to uh, get, you know bring, bring some of the high school kids in to work part time for us, et cetera. So we got between twelve and fourteen. Any point in time, we got about wow. twelve to fourteen employees, and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know they they you know we got to we got to fill uh, three stores seven days a week, uh, you know ten to twelve hours a day. So that that takes a number of people. I tell a funny quick story here. Uh, I still hold the grudge that the Kings beat the Rangers in the finals a couple of years ago. And uh, Daryl Sutter, who was the coach of the Kings, uh, just got fired recently. And I sent Tony a picture of Daryl Sutter on Facebook and said, uh, if you need a cashier for the weekends, this guy's available. Again, <laughs> a sense of humor thing that people don't always get. And uh, Tony's mother-in-law, uh, Barb, which is a wonderful, wonderful woman, and she said to Tony, why is he pushing his friends on you? <laughs> like, I, like, I got this middle-aged out-of-work guy and trying to put him to Bella Beach or Bella Beach kids, you know? No, no, I'm not. It was a joke. Guess, it was a hot she, didn't joke get, you know? she, she didn't get the mulligan boiling humor. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And it was, a, it was the same thing as my normal Garcia para crack, you know? you gotta be, you got to really explain things. I posted yeah. something the other day on Facebook, by the way. If you get an email with an attachment that says Kanye West singing, uh, what's the Rhapsody song? Bohemian Rhapsody. You get an email uh, that has an attachment that says Kanye West singing Bohemian Rhapsody. Do not open it because it's Kanye West singing Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay? <laughs> yeah. You know how many people thanked me for the heads up? It's like it's a joke. Do you get it? It's a joke, you know. It's a joke. Oh, thanks for this up. Yeah, there's a lot of this stuff going around now. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They, they, the jokes aren't funny when you got to explain them. That's the whole deal, you know. There you go. So you uh, again, uh, you are located on. Uh, Right up from the pier. Right what is, what the is, pier, Beach Boulevard. Right, okay. And Manhattan uh, Beach Boulevard. And also on in El Segundo on Rosecrans and... Sepulveda. Uh, Water of Rosecrans and Sepulveda. Or as they, as, they, as they say on uh, the GPS, Sepulveda. Sepulveda Boulevard. Yep. Well, Tony, this little walk down memory lane has been both informative and a lot of fun. And I, I really, really appreciate you uh, coming on and doing this. Well, I enjoyed it, Ray. Thank you. Okay, my friend. And we will talk uh, We will talk again. I'm sure we'll And give my love to Chris. When is she back, by the way? Uh, she's back a week from today. She's in Ireland, so she'll be back in a week. I'm not saying anything about you bailing out on a trip to Ireland, okay? You know what I mean? You know, Lake Como, yeah, you're in for Lake Como, but you don't want to go to Ireland, you know? Oh, that's Ireland, not true. I Ireland is a land of happy wars and sad love songs. Tony, we will talk again. I appreciate it, my friend. It's been fun. All right. Thank you. Soon. Take care. Bye, man. Bye.